Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show where we bring you the latest news impacting the business and accounting world from top experts. In this episode, I'm speaking with Rita Keller, an advisor, speaker, and blogger who works with CPA firms on practice management. Rita writes regularly for her blog, Solutions for CPA Firm Leaders, and has been repeatedly named to the top 100 most influential people in accounting by Accounting Today and as one of the most powerful women in accounting by CPA Practice Advisor. We discussed how companies can grow and retain their teams and how that's evolved because of the pandemic. We cover identifying your team's strengths, supporting a remote team, and the difference communication can make. We started the conversation when I asked Rita how a business can ensure they're growing their team in the right direction, especially given the recent impact of the pandemic. Here's what she had to say. You know, it depends on the size of the firm, I think, to ensure that they're growing their team. You know, if if you're a larger firm and widely diversified, which we've been seeing so much of lately, uh, you know, some of the big firm names pop up, they have acquired such and such a tech company or such and such an HR company. But, but the bread and butter firms, the smaller firms that aren't doing that, they still have to focus pretty much on compliance and they have to have people who can grow in that and beyond that. You know, so I think, don't forget that that compliance work feeds the consulting work. So I don't think the um, all firms have the technology yet to prepare a tax return with no human contact. You know, it's just, especially in the firms under those probably, well, even some of the top 100 firms, probably not. Maybe the top 50 are there with automation in many areas that we won't see in the, the smaller firms for a long time and smaller companies. So I think it's um, being aware that there's going to be, continue to be technical development in how to actually do the compliance work and then how that would relate to diversification, which as the firm grows, and if you're in a larger firm, you know, there's healthcare management, M&A for clients, there's HR, all, all those things in tech, wealth management. If your firm is diversified, it's, it's a bigger challenge, don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a lot more um, to consider when it's a very diverse firm. Yeah, so, so ensuring that you're growing the team in the right way is figuring out where you need the strength. You know, is it and how long? It, it's a timeline exercise. You know, where we need uh, compliance, 10 new compliance people this year, or do we need someone that maybe is, you know, in HR consulting? You know, as, as the firm grows, you have to keep your eyes open and your ears open for, and, and look ahead to see where will we be next year and the following year and and keep the technology, the focus on technology to get you there. And I love that perspective, Rita, thinking where you need the strength because that's helpful too with everything that's been going on the past, during the pandemic, where you needed the strength before might not be where you need it in the future. That's true, very true. Yeah, you have to be a vision, more of a visionary. You know, I try to impress on the leaders. It's uh, 
there for a while we had oh, way back, we had 10 year plans and five year plans. And then we said, oh, well, things change too much. We just need a three year plan, you know, but now it, it's almost month by month. <laughs> what, what are we going to need? So it's going to put demands on leadership. And I think grooming leaders is a big part of that. If you, you wanted to grow your team, you have to grow your leaders. And what should these leaders who you know are currently on the team, what should they be thinking when they're recruiting and hiring and looking for in future team members? Well, this is one where uh, I've had pretty strong opinions about for years. You know, CPAs seem to often be in denial about being in the people business. You know, they are in the tax business or when the audit business were or numbers people, you know? So I, I think realizing that managing their own people and dealing with clients, people, you have to have people with people skills and people that realize they're in the people business. So much of the technical compliance work can be taught and learned while they're working at the firm. And, and that's how we've seen young people come in. You know, the first and second year, they struggle a little bit and then it clicks and, and they evolve and improve and they're mentored and taught by the more experienced accountants. So all of that technical expertise is passed along fairly easily. But, and, and few of those people will turn into that high level tax expert, you know, who stays behind closed doors and reads the tax code. You need those people, but the majority of your people will be lot, having lots of face time with clients. And hopefully, as they, they move up in the firm, they will be supervising others. And so when you're recruiting and hiring, be very careful about who you hire and how you go about it. Make good choices. Spend more time. You know, uh, there's lots of resources out there about uh, interviewing now and the best way to do that. But I just urge people and have for years, you're in the people business. You need to hire people who like people. You know, you don't always want that very shy accountant personality that you often observe. I guess it's sort of a stereotype for accountants, but it's so true. You know, they're, they, they love the technical work. You know, I always tease about the tax people. I could walk by an office go down the hallway in a CPA firm and I can tell you where the tax people are, are sitting because <laughs> they have so much paper. <laughs> and so when you're looking for people, are, are they good conversationalists? You know, are they comfortable with public speaking? You know, public speaking is a fear greater than death. Have you seen those studies that say uh, it's a phobia? So many people just fear public speaking. But if you're a, a, a CPA, you have to speak among people. So that's what I'm encouraging my clients and firms that I know to say, you know, look at your hiring process and your interviewing questions and don't always focus on that GPA. You know, we always wanted to see somebody with a 4.0 or something, but, but most of our partners said, well, I barely made 3.0, you know? <laughs> so it's just having people that are comfortable with other people and like, um, just like other people you know, enjoy being in conversation. So it's such a big part of being a CPA and establishing and growing your own career. You have, you have to have those skills. And you mentioned the importance of focusing on 
good conversational skills, good people skills. Are there any mistakes that you hear of companies making when it comes to growing their team? Usually the mistakes don't show up very quickly, but one thing I have observed is with experienced CPAs and a new graduate comes into the firm or some even someone from another firm that has experience, within about two weeks, people can identify their weaknesses or their skills or their attributes, you know. It's, you could tell very quickly whether they're gonna make it or not. And I think keeping that in mind as you're hiring, and that, that's why I think internships are so valuable because you can kind of test people and see, see how they'll do. Because it's, they can have their, you know, all of their accounting studies behind them and made good grades, but it's how many times have you heard, Jessica, and I know I have heard, I never learned this in college. You know, when they come into the workplace, boy, I never learned this in college. And so it's, it's, it's identifying those weakness, weaknesses, I guess, earlier on, if you can, and really looking at your interviewing process and the questions you ask. And again, I said, there's so many good resources out there for proper interviewing. I think there's going to be a session at Engage with, uh, out in Las Vegas coming up with the AICPA that's going to focus on that. So educate yourself so you know the best ways. I think there definitely has been a shift given the pandemic, especially among maybe businesses that before were really uncomfortable with the idea of working remotely and, and making some of these concessions and the pandemic sort of forced them to do it, whether they liked it or not. And I think a lot of them are now um, have adjusted to the idea and, and embraced it more. I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think it's, it, it's, it's just like with the technology, they, they were just so afraid, well, can we trust them working at home? And, and all of that was building up, thank goodness, it was at least out there, but every survey you heard or read was flexibility, flexibility, flexibility. You know, that's what the workforce today wants. And the way companies and firms responded to the need uh, really surprised me in how quick it could be done. And those firms that didn't have the technology, I think they, there was some out there that really struggled. And of course, you know, I work with a lot of small firms and there are many small firms, you know, under 10 people that they didn't go home at all. They just kept working. And, and then I've heard horror stories about larger firms where the administrative team had to come in because they, they didn't have the technology in place to get the documents to the preparers, you know. So I, I really sing the praises of the admin team and, and, and one firm I know, the entire admin team got COVID. You know, it's just nobody seriously, but it, it's still that danger was out there. And I, I think they responded, uh, firms have responded so much quicker than I thought they would. I, I've heard some stories from maybe the AICPA or some state societies about how they got what we expected them to get done in five years with flexibility and technology. They actually accomplished in about two weeks. <laughs> they, just amazes me. So 
but technology is is still through all the themes with people and all the the themes with a work environment and all that technology is so key and so i'm urging firms to look at your technology budget you've got to bump up that technology budget to stay current and earlier rita you mentioned uh, the importance of leaders and you know finding finding those leaders retaining them is there anything that a business should be doing especially to you know retain the the people that they see in their firm who are already leaders or who they think will definitely maybe in the in the future be leaders of the firm i think um, firm leaders have been lax in setting expectations um, most employees of any any company or firm just what what do you want me to do you know how do you do it here this is a term i always use when you go into a cpa firm especially if you've been at one firm and you go to another that that new employee how do you do it here you know tell me and firms it's taken them because i still do work in this area they just make sure that you set the expectations how does how do you expect that employee to uh what do you expect them to accomplish what's the time frame you know giving them more more of a career path is what we call it these days if you have outline a career path. How much time do they need to spend? Usually it's one level before they go to the next level. What kind of uh, work product do they need to become proficient at to get promoted? Those kinds of things is what a new person, they don't know what you want. So setting expectations and doing, you know, having that feedback that is continual. You know, you've read that some firms have done away with the annual performance review. And I think that's great, other than what are you doing in place of that? Because since some firms do it like quarterly, but, but really what it needs to be is continual. Hands-on management is sort of the theme we're hearing now where the manager is mentoring and coaching the team on a daily basis. And then the partners have to be coaching and mentoring those managers so that they will be the next leaders. And so, and there's lots of places that you can, um, training courses and, and that sort of thing for managers, partners in training, that kind of thing. I think firms need to invest in some of those programs and send their up and comers to get outside education. And I think that that's a great thing to do. And there's a lot of good ones out there. You, you can Google them and find them. Uh, lots of friends of mine are conducting them. So it's, it's investing in the people skills. Again, uh, partners need to be training those managers so that the managers can set expectations and, and manage the team. But what goes for the new person? How do you do it here? Say it still goes for the manager. What do I have to do to become a partner? One lady told me that when they, she never knew what you had to do to become a partner until they said, well, to become a partner, after you've been there 10 years, here's what you have to do. She said, I wish they would have told me the second year. So there's cases like that in communication where there's been a breakdown. So it's setting expectations from top to bottom, even in the partner group. I think the managing partner should be setting expectations for the other partners. You know, that that is his or her job is to manage those partners. So it's communication is at the root of all issues in companies and firms I work with, Jessica, somebody dropped the communication ball 
really is, is what I see as the biggest uh, offense that goes on. So it's, it's again, goes a lot, a lot goes back to those people skills. Are you a good, are you talking to people? Are you communicating? Or are, would you rather sit in your office and do the work? Right, and I think you bringing up communication is so key, Rita, because especially with so many people now working remotely, like we were just talking um, earlier about, you know, it's hard when you're not uh, in the office sometimes to kind of has, have those casual conversations and maybe really informal check-ins that you would when you're in the office and you're actually seeing people every day. So I imagine, especially with more of a shift to hybrid, whether it's half in the office, half remote or fully remote, for a lot of these businesses, communication is going to become an even more crucial part of retaining those team members. Absolutely, you're right on target. It's, it's critical. Communication skills, like I said, even way back in the old days, it was communication challenge. And now it, it's, it, I mean, we have the technology at our, our fingertips. And, and I think a lot of firms have done a very good job of reaching out uh, via Zoom and uh, Teams and all of that to connect. But again, I'll be kind of uh, pleased to see how the hybrid arrangement, I have high hopes for that. You know, I think that will, being in the office just two days a week, I think would be a benefit to most people if they could, unless they're working, you know, really remote in another state or something. And even, you know, when, uh, before the pandemic, when people had someone who was gonna leave the firm and, and they stayed on in a remote capacity, maybe their spouse got transferred to Montana or somewhere and they stayed on. It was still, you know, it's, it's, they would come back to the office maybe once a month, once a quarter, just to, to help with that people connection. So I'm hoping the hybrid, that's gonna be kind of a lifesaver. I think, because if you can work home from home three days and be in the office two or vice versa or every other day, whatever firms come up with that make the most of that time they're in the office. I think that that'll help tie them to the firm because I, you know, when we go back to talking about hiring, you know, here in Ohio, we can have great team members and they can get a job easily with a California firm, you know, just so that is, is, is a threat I'm seeing to my smaller firms in uh, more rural areas. Um, I have some firms in rural areas out West and, and they worry about, they had a challenge finding people anyway in a small city in a Western state, you know, away from a big city. They have a challenge finding people in their locality, but now the bigger firms can even entice their current team members away. Mentioned continuing education, uh, which is something that makes me think of that. I'm sure that you've probably seen it on LinkedIn, that quote of someone saying, well, what if we invest in our people and they leave? And then, you know, the CEO or the manager responding, what if we don't invest in them and they stay? Would you say that continuing <laughs> education is especially important, just the firm really showing um, that they care about uh, the professional development of their staff. How crucial is that for retaining those top team members? 
Oh, I think it, it's it's critical. It is. And that quote is one of my favorite ones of all times. I think I, I remember hearing that years ago and I told Alan Colton about it and he he just loved that. I think he's used it for, for many times, but it, it really, it's kind of a wake up call. You know, I think every leadership group should read that at the beginning of their partner meetings or their management meetings, because it, it's so true. We, we, uh, we downplay um, expenses. I get, I'm, we downplay the, the need for it because of expense. You know, we think, oh, well, that costs too much to send them here and there to educate them. Or, but, you know, the best firms and the best companies, they, they do that. They invest in the, the education. Uh, again, it's about a career path and what kind of education goes along with each step. You know, I love to see, I, I'm a big process and uh, procedural uh, fanatic. You know, I, I want it documented so people know that these are, these are what we expect of you. And if you do all this, then you, and we will support you. Just like the CPA exam how many firms really get behind the young people? We, we always hear that they're not taking the exam and, and you know, numbers are down or whatever. And I think they're changing, changing it again in the coming year or so. But it's the firms to me, uh, at our firm, the number one goal for a first year per person, they only had one goal, pass the exam. It was, we expected you to do that because the importance of being a CPA, you know, as you well know how important it is and how prestigious it is. So it's, and then do you pay for the exam? You know, we paid for the study courses. We paid for the, any expenses they incurred. We gave them time during work hours to study. We, uh, and lots of firms are doing that, but there are many who do not. So investing in and letting them know how lifelong learning is part of the firm culture. And I, I think a lot of firms say that, but I think everybody has to set the example. You know, I think managers and partners need to be learning. You're never too old to learn something new and you're never too old to have a mentor. You know, so I think it's setting goals for yourself, but getting the support from the firm speaks volumes and I think that will help at some of these other questions we've talked about in retaining you know how boy the firm's paying a lot of money for me to go to this course or me to take it online or or maybe even travel to a conference whenever we can do that you know it's it's uh, and th that's one thing that that I always like to urge firms the more experienced people to take a younger person along any kind of meeting within your community uh, maybe the Chamber of Commerce, maybe it's the State Society, maybe it's even a conference somewhere. Take someone with you if you are experienced and going to get CPE. Remember that it's just not for you at your level, that the up-and-comers want to know what, what's expected of me down the road. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, you have to budget a lot of money for continuing education and be generous with that too. Technology and education and, and a lot of firms really do encourage that uh, lifelong learning. And I, I think it's because of CPE, you know, they, they've uh, had to get CPE. And I think that is a good thing because it naturally evolved into a firm where people are always learning. And we've talked a lot, uh, Rita, about growing and, and retaining your team, but I'm curious, especially now with the past year and a half changes from the pandemic, 
how do you see the future of growing and retaining teams evolving? Where do you see this going? It's kind of a mystery to me. You know, I, I think it sometimes we, we see challenges that seem new and different and uh, almost like something we can't accomplish. But if you go back to your roots and go back to how did your firm grow in the beginning, you know, and how did it, how did that core group get to be where they are? And, you know, what, how have be other people have been at this firm a long time? How did we do that? What made us different? And I, I think it's something firm leaders need to address at, as a major initiative in their strategic plan. You know, how, how do we retain and grow people? What can we do to be unique? Uh, so many firms will tell me, well, our firm's different. And then they describe it and someone else, our firm's different. Accounting firms and accounting departments, and they're, they're all similar, you know, the work that you do, and they are very similar, even though they think they're different. I always say, well, are you unique? If I wanted, how would I, uh, if I wanted to change jobs and I looked at your website, does it tell me you're unique? So again, nowadays, it's all about social media and websites. That's how people judge the firm and, and how they, you can attract and whether, and your own people can see, boy, we're really up on it. We had a bulletin out there. You know, we communicated with clients right away when such and such a change, change came about. So I think retaining people, if they see the firm is progressive and doing things and proactive, you know, uh, Jessica, we've heard over the years, many management conferences about accountants are reactive rather than proactive. They'll wait for a client to call and say, well, so-and-so got an email from the firm down the street that said this, what do you think about that? You know, is your firm the one sending out notices quickly about changes because your competitors are? So I think it's, it's a lot of it is website and social media is another factor in, in hiring that we've talked about today. You know, it's, it's one of those areas where you have to be very proactive, visible, uh, set your firm apart from your competition. And that's a challenge, you know, cause there's lots of good firms out there. Having those brief team meetings and let people know what, what the leaders are thinking. You know, if you have a partner retreat, come back and tell the people what you thought, what you talked about, what are you gonna do? You know, ask the team before you go to your partner meeting, what do you think the leadership group should address this year? What are your, give me two ideas that we should talk about at the retreat. And it's amazing what the young people can observe. Some of the newest people at the firm have suggestions that really are eye-opening for the, for the leadership group. So I think it's that communication upward, downward to clients is just as important to know what your clients are, are thinking. So. Communication and uh, having a career path and setting expectations. I want firms to work on those things. Thank you to Rita for joining us to talk more about the details of growing and retaining a strong team. What takeaways Rita mentioned will you be implementing in your team? You can let me know at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O at ohiocpa.com. And please rate and review us on whatever podcast app you're using. We would love to hear your feedback. Thanks for listening.